All right, everybody, and welcome to the Pro Zone. This is Rick joining me, as always. The troops, the cast of characters, the DVD freak, and Dan the Beast. What's going on, gentlemen? Hey, <laughs> hey, how are you? This describes the night very well. Yeah, I have to tell you that this is possibly the most disappointing pay per view in all of uh, all elite wrestling history in their short tenure. Uh, what have they been around a year now? Legit. Probably. A little over, yeah. If you count over. all, if you count all in, this would be two years. Yeah. Um. So I gotta tell you that I was sorely disappointed. Now, first off, I missed about the first forty minutes of the show because I was driving home, brought my kids to, back to their house, and uh, apparently I didn't miss much judging by the lineup. Uh, so I didn't watch the pre-show either, but freak. Why don't you fill us in on a little bit of that? I guess uh, there were a couple dark matches. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch the pre-show. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, home. In, I wasn't home in time. Yeah. Um, um, but oh, go ahead. Yeah. No. The I guess the year was uh, first pre-show match. Joey Janela defeated Serpentico uh, with Luther. I think Luther should go away forever because he's annoying. <laughs> um, I don't know. I. I don't know how he, uh, 20-some-odd years later, ended up with a job here in the AEW in the United States. Uh, just my opinion. But um, Private Party defeated the Dork Order, uh, Alex Reynolds and Chuck Silver. That sounds like a barn burner, just as good as Tommy Rich and Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. Uh, you know, the last battle of, of Atlanta, that kind of... Uh, anyways, um, I did not see the first, let's see, three matches. Walked in during the fourth. So, Big Soul defeated Britt Baker. What's your opinion? Did you see this? Okay. So, all right. Here's the thing. You have Big Soul show up to a fucking dentist's office. And there is, there, there's a receptionist. She's like, oh, do you have an appointment? And then fucking Britt Baker shows up. And they just start brawling in a fucking dentist's office. They start hitting each other with framed uh, certificates. There's a power drill. And the finish is literally Britt Baker taking anesthesia. Like, through a fucking mask. And she injected herself in the thigh with, like, Novocaine. This was fucking ridiculous. Like, this this is not how you start a show off, okay? This show would have been good starting off with, you know, the Young Bucks and um, the Young Bucks match. That yep. wasn't Trust a great Trust. match. Trust. Yeah, that wasn't a great match, but that easily could have been the opener. And, th- like, like, what the fuck happened? How did we get here? Like, this is not... I don't know. Maybe I missed something. This was called, what, the Tooth and Nail match. Yeah, Tooth Correct. and Nail match. Yep. This doesn't have an official time on Wikipedia, so um, um, there was a referee involved, though. He showed right. up at the dentist's office. This was okay. just, I guess, their attempt at a uh, cinematic match, I guess. Why are they doing a cinematic, starting a show off with a cinematic match? That does not make any sense. Those are, uh, those seem, in my opinion, seem to just be things that... Um, Go in the middle of the card or the end of the card. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and depending on their importance to the storyline. And I don't really, I mean, to the show, 
this one doesn't really seem like it's that important to the show. No, no offense to the, either of the ladies involved. I think they're both very talented, but yeah, you know, yeah, they. You, know, um, I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah, they're both great, and this is yeah. just demoralizing. Like, what the mm-hmm. hell? And it wasn't mm-hmm. even. It didn't even look like a dentist's office. It was just white rooms with a dentist chair. And then out of nowhere, she'll just pull a needle out or a fucking oxygen mask. And she's like, and Britt Baker's like, oh no, I injected myself with Novocaine. What am I going to do? So then her leg went numb. And I'm just like, fuck me. Like, this is literally one of the dumbest things I've ever fucking seen. Like, So right off the bat, they're overdoing it with the comedy. Yeah. Right off the bat. Yeah. Sounds it. Oh my god! It just sounds like a bunch of bullshit, uh, from what I understand, from from what I've heard. I mean, that, the online reviews. I was following Twitter pretty, um, pretty closely throughout the entire event. Um, one person, of anybody I saw, um, said that it was a good show. Legitimately, everybody else was like, "This is ridiculous." And who's well, that like, fucking asshole? Uh, he's actually a good buddy of mine. <laughs> that doesn't mean he's not a. That doesn't mean he's not a fucking asshole. <laughs> Do we need to burn his house down or something? Like... Yeah, well, you you're, you live closer than he than, than uh, to him than I do. Uh, so the young bucks defeated Jurassic Express. Uh, another one I did not see. When fourteen minutes fifty seconds, this sounds like it has all the potential in the world to be a great match. To be honest. Hold on. Okay. But, but before we get into that, like, you know, I just want to give my thoughts about this. Now, first of all, I didn't yeah. see the pay-per-view at all. Okay. Secondly, what the fuck does a nail and a tooth match have to do with fucking anything of a concept? Three, how the fuck did they get away? You know, how did they get away with having a syringe onto a show? Like... Who the fuck's ever used a syringe in wrestling? That's the one thing. Like, I've seen Kurt Angle use an elephant dart on the big show, but this is, like, <laughs> far I, beyond. Right, right, right. This but is, this, like, far this, beyond, like, you know, way too fucking far. And mm-hmm. from what I've seen, Big Swole, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I really don't know who Big Swole is, but she definitely deserves so much more mic time. From what it looks like, because she could definitely trash talk. From right. what it looks like, and the other thing, I swear, if the wrong person on a dental board sees this match and thinks it's real, I guarantee you, Doctor Britt Baker would probably lose her fucking license. <laughs> well, they had many. Um, I think there was like three or four times they just started hitting each other with a fucking certificate that was hanging on the wall. So. And you even had at one point someone get punched through a certificate, and I'm like, okay, the person punching it, it would hurt more than the person taking the punch. <laughs> it's broken fucking glass. Well, at least it has somewhat of, you know, at least it has some authenticity now. You know, if it, it got punched, so. Ha. <laughs> 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 Uh, oh god but yeah this tag match um i don't like the young bucks i think we all know that by now but i will admit they can they can work when they're not fucking around jumping and doing flips and shit but they want to be the rockers basically yeah yeah they're a mix between the rockers and 
they're they're the mix between a wannabe rocker and a wannabe Hardy Boy. But right, right. You know, I actually like Jurassic Express. I love Luchasaurus. I do too. I, yeah. Too. yeah, and this match had all the potential. It went 14 minutes and 50 seconds, which I mm-hmm. think is a good runtime. Uh, like yeah. I said, I think this should have been the opener. It it was well paced match. It was a fun match. Uh, it really didn't do much for the card. It just it was a tag team match, you know. Right. It didn't elevate the card, but it didn't bring it down. It felt like a Wednesday night dynamite tag team match, and that's not a bad thing. It's just it didn't feel like a pay per view caliber tag match that these two teams could have together. Right. Dan, do you have an opinion? Well, I like how the announcers took their time pointing out all the fucking heelish things that the Young Bucks did. Um, you know, it, it's pretty good to see how good enough that the Young Bucks can be as heels. At the same time, I'm not really huge mm-hmm. on the Young Bucks, especially, you know, people who just overly mark for the fucking high spots instead of the technical caliber of wrestling. Right. right. And, you know... Going up against people like Jurassic Express, don't get me wrong, it's not bad, but Mm -hmm. figure they would be up against serious competition. Not saying that Jurassic Park isn't serious competition, but Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) I I was gonna let it go. Whoops. I how mean, much have you been? How much have you been drinking tonight? <laughs> well, I had a couple course lights, and now I'm just ew. Fuck course light. That's what Tommy uh, Tommy Rich was drinking course light yesterday. Ew, that tastes like <laughs> aluminum. Well, I, I like the fact that you know Jr. was like directing his uh, commentary at poor Marco Stump by either calling him annoying or a rat. Um, <laughs> he is a rat. <laughs> but yeah. other than that, you know, <laughs> if the Hardy Boys and High Voltage had a baby, it would be the Young Bucks. Let's just put it that way. Um, this match wasn't bad. I mean, I definitely agree with DVD Freak. I, I think this would have been a good opening match, like a good opening tag team match. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. instead, we're stuck in a dentist office. You know, God forbid, remind me that I have an appointment in like a month. Like. Thanks a lot. Uh, Don't stick yourself that, with Novocaine. Uh, uh, other than that, the uh, the worst has uh, yet to come. So, uh, Rick, take it away, my friend. Well, like I said, um, now I was just uh, seeing that the actually no, I lied because I walked I walked in as I was turning on the show. This match was on the next match. The uh, battle royal was ending, so. Lance Archer won the Battle Royal, defeating Eddie Kingston. So I didn't see the Battle Royal. Winner gets a title match. Is that one? Yep. I thought this um, match usually. I thought this match usually showed up on the uh, the pre-show, the bat, the uh, the Casino Battle Royal thing for like the last two years, hasn't it? If yeah. I remember. Yeah. yeah. But this one was put, moved to the main show. Um, I'm a sucker for battle royals. I am. And, huh? It's old school. Yeah, I love, I love battle royals, but this was just, uh, this was a clusterfuck. You had Matt Seidel as the Joker entry, you know, that mystery 
Did you mm-hmm. see his did you see his botch? No, I heard about it. Oh my god. There's a moment where you're like, well, he's dead. Um <laughs> it's just like it was really yeah. stupid too, because obviously that's Evan Bourne. He was known for mm-hmm. the shooting star press. And he yep. somehow botched the shooting star press. So I don't know if he did a lot of cocaine before this match or what. But he's getting he's getting older. He can't, you know. He, he's also suffering a number of injuries. So he well, he's also he's also a humongous drug addict too. So and, uh, still, even to this day, is, sure. is, Dar- is Darby Allen looking for a death wish in this match too? Because what the fuck was with him taking an insane bump? Oh, that was bad. He took like a an insane head bump with. You know, while in a body bag with thumbtacks, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with that? There was a moment wow. where I was concerned. Um, wow. I, I like Darby Allen. Me too. Because they basically threw him in a body bag and then, I guess you want to call it a power bomb, somewhat? Out to, out yeah. from from inside the ring to the outside? That was scary. Like, wow. that was a bump that I didn't know if they was put you in a body bag. If they put you in a body bag like that, how the fuck is he supposed to fall and protect himself? Well, he's in a body bag. He can't see shit. Well, power to him because he somehow figured it out. Uh, That was scary. Now, just when you think the ridiculousness is over, uh, the Broken Rules match, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara, nine minutes. But it seemed like it was forty. It seemed like it went about forty-five minutes. I wanted to. No. This is the first match I actually watched. It was the first match on the night that I actually watched. Sorry, Dan. Hang on one second. Yeah, yeah. And I got to tell you that when I walked into this, I said, "If this is what this show is going to be about, I don't know if I can fucking handle it." And the only thing that kept me going was that I wanted to see the next match that was on the show. Hell yeah. Um. This match just went, went all over the place. They felt what's his face. Uh, Matt Hardy had injured himself. I guess he uh, and they rang the bell and then they fucking continued the fucking match for another five fucking minutes. And then they climbed the fucking thing and Sammy Guevara did that old Shane McMahon thing where he fell fifteen feet and through plywood or cardboard or whatever the fuck it was. Um, <sighs> Matt Hardy's come to this. And Sammy Guevara, dude, this kid is a kid that's got all the talent in the world. I don't think he wants to waste his time doing stuff like this and risking his body like this. Uh, You know, my opinion, my opinion, but I I hated this match. And like I said, nine minutes seemed like it went on for fucking ever. Um, I was kind of confused because at a point it seemed like they legitimately stopped the match. And yeah. then, and then they're like, "No, we have to continue it. This is a pay per view." Um, I think they're going to get a lot of shit for this because Hardy he took one that, of the that was a horrible bump. There was. Do you think they stopped it and then uh, continued because there was a certain planned finish? I think it's one had... of those. I think it's one of those things where they didn't want to disappoint the audience. Yeah. Uh, whereas. I was Sometimes you gotta, you gotta think of your own life or bodily harm. You know what I mean? At that, at that point, sometimes if you can't always worry about. I mean, a lot of these guys want to go out there and they want to please the audience. But damn, Hardy could have fucking really knocked himself silly. I, I, 
hitting on the concrete the way he did? I would bet money he has a concussion. And you yeah. can't wrestle on a concussion. No. So that was one of the worst bumps I've seen in recent memory, for sure. Like, that was bad. That was horrible. And well, it's, it's no one's fault. It's a freak accident, you know, yeah. but still. Yeah. Well, Dan? If he wasn't broke, if he wasn't broken then, he's definitely broken now. Um, <laughs> I thought they were speaking of which. I thought they were doing away with broken Matt Hardy, and, I, and then all of a sudden, it's on. The, I mean, I did not. I did not watch the last two weeks of AEW, which is bad on me because I normally do watch it every single week. But uh, well, you know, weeks, you know something. Speaking of Matt Hardy, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this was probably this would probably be a concept I would create. I want to be surprised if they created like some type of character of like enhancing his like broken gimmick, but kind of with uh, the personality. Has anybody seen that movie Split? Yes. I mean, imagine if they did something like that where you have you know Million Dollar Matt, Matt Hardy version one, broken, Ooh. high voltage Matt. You know. Okay. Just, I, I can see something like that. Like, he can take, like, a serious bump, but he doesn't remember who he is. So he goes through all, all these alternate personalities, and he's like, I'm this one day, but then he's this the next day. Dude, uh, dude, I buy that. That's awesome. Because I love version one Matt Hardy. I love That's my favorite Matt Hardy gimmick. Him and Shannon Moore, I love it. You know what my favorite Matt Hardy gimmick is? Ready? When he's retired. Um, anyways... <laughs> <laughs> I've never been. I've never been a Hardys fan. I've never been a Hardys fan. Uh, I always thought they were just uh, spot monkeys. They did stuff that were well, not, not as much Matt as obviously his brother, but Matt. They always looked like they always looked like they were going to break themselves and just die at any at any moment. So I just said, I can't. I can't deal with this. So because I'm into, I'm more into the traditional style, you know, grappling and submission base and all that shit. I think Matt was always the more. Um, he's much more talented than Jeff, and I think that he's the actual wrestler of. The he team. has a great yeah. mind for wrestling. He really Absolutely. does. He knows Absolutely. what he's doing. He knows psychology. He was just never mm-hmm. really given that opportunity to show it. Right. So I, I always. Like, uh... Go ahead, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, I always liked the Hardys a lot. But Matt was always the clear wrestler, whereas Jeff was the entertainer. Mm-hmm. With all due respect, he was the guy. He was the guy that got everybody to go holy shit in the crowd. Yeah. So I'm watching some wrestling in the background. I have this that uh, channel wrestling. I told you on my Roku box, and you just have a constant stream of random shit that that. Uh, and you remember when Brian Pillman did the yellow dog mimic in WCW like '92? Everybody know that Dan does obviously the the reaction, but uh, yeah. <laughs> when he was feuding with uh, when he was feuding with uh, what the fuck is his name? I'm trying to say it. I just said it. Uh, Barry Windham. Yeah, he's facing Rick Rogers here, the legendary Rick Rogers. I I think that was and, on the '91 Great American Bash. They, I I think. I think they wrestle each other. I don't think it was Yellow Dog, though. I, I, I could be wrong. I, I, I know you. I think that I it was definitely Wyndham, Wyndham and Pillman, but not Pillman as the Yellow Dog. But anyways, 
see, this channel is pretty fucking awesome because now they go to fucking random Memphis match with the fabulous ones. So, you know, it's pretty fucking awesome. So, anyways, this is the match that I was looking forward to the most. Let me see if I can pronounce this properly. No offense. Am I in Hikaru Cheetah, the AEW Women's Champion, defeated my favorite wrestler, Thunder Rosa. Much bullshit. But seriously, I thought Thunder Rosa was going to come into AEW and tear up the entire women's division and walk away with the AEW women's title. But I guess, and um, uh, I thought that she was going to tear it up, take it away. And then, but obviously, uh, in my personal opinion, this shows that she's sticking with the NWA because I'm not going to premiere the new show in what, two weeks? Approximately a week? Something like that. So. I'm looking to. I'm looking forward to that. Definitely, the, the new NWA show that's going to be starting up. That's going to be. I can already tell you, the Major Wrestling Network Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and the NWA working all together. It's going to be my favorite show of the week. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. let me just, tell you, just, just the name itself, and like knowing the history and those company in that company as it is. So I'm glad to see the NWA be up and running again, but. This match was disappointing, but it was pretty good. Uh, common theme from what I'm seeing here is that this pay-per-view is just kind of lackluster so far. I even texted you earlier saying, oh, the card looks good. You, you did know? earlier today. You're like, this is a stacked show. Yeah. And I was looking forward to it. I'm looking, I always look forward to every AEW pay-per-view, to be honest with you. So do um, I. So I was, because I always think that they do really great shows, <clears throat> even their television shows. You know what I mean? It's not always – there's not, like, a 100% distinct difference. They're just, as far as, like, clear product, they always just put 100% into both products. You know what I mean? It's just that pay-per-view is just that much better, like, match quality-wise. But this match, you can just see in here, this match – how long did it go? 17 minutes. It's a pretty decent runtime. I like longer matches. But it just seemed like it went on a little bit too long. Even though I like longer matches for, for this particular match, it just seemed like it went on too long. Well, it's a problem when a 17-minute long match never kicks it into third gear. That's the issue. That's and, and what is that problem? But what do you think, honestly, is that problem? Because... I mean, obviously, they're continuing with the same format that they've been doing on Dynamite for the last since the pandemic started. Empty arena. Now there, there was some people in the crowd, right, in the upper levels. Yeah. So there's nothing like that crowd noise, like making people pop. Like that thing, that just doesn't seem to get going. This entire event. If you, you get what I'm saying, freak. Well, can you even hear the crowd? Like, oh, there's that too. But you can, but you can always throughout the weeks that we've been watching AEW and the wrestlers, the the guy been around the ring, those guys in the first row or two, you can always hear them cheering. Tonight seemed just a little bit different. Well, my question to you is: Let's say this pay per view was an arena with fifteen thousand people. Would the pay per view have been better? That's that's a really good question. That that is a really good. It's not one that answer because I mean, 
on paper, it looks like a really great show. Yeah. It's just not, the, the match quality is not delivering. Could that match quality then jumped up a little bit with the crowd reactions? I mean, the crowd plays a very big part into professional wrestling. Well, the example I always give is uh, the Rock and Hogan. That's not a great match. But look yeah. what the crowd did to that match. So I mean, that's Hogan, one of Hogan, you know, you know, that was, his, you know, he's come back to where he was made. And it's a big deal, that match. Yeah, a crowd. I would not, I would not buy a ticket solely based on that one match. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but that just goes to show you a crowd can elevate a match. Absolutely. Not quality-wise, yeah, you know. but right. it can make you, it can immerse you into the match more. Daniel, what do you have to say? Well, about this women's match, I, I would say if this was, if this match was served as a tryout match for Thunder Rosa, the, uh, she definitely passed with flying fucking colors. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and, I think she was on this past week's show. I think she wrestled, which I got. Like I said, I got. I still got to catch up on that. It's on my DVR. You know, and and another thing too is AEW gives all these women every opportunity to have the match of the night to this mm-hmm. point, and I mean they pretty much lived up to it. I mean, I I would probably say this was probably. Maybe the best match of the night from what I was seeing. Okay. I'm going to give you that. Up to this point, I will say that this is the best match. Yeah. I, I would say best. One, there, yeah. Is, yeah. there is one that I feel is better. It's not the match that I was expecting to be the best match of the night. That's the other thing. And I think I texted uh, you that earlier, DVD free. Mm-hmm. Um, or something similar to that. So the next match is an eight-man tag match. I like. I'm a sucker for like eight-man, ten-man tags. It, like you don't see them enough anymore. Back when we were growing up in the '80s, uh, they used to pop up every now and again. Now, now AEW doesn't a little bit, uh, you know, more often than uh, the other guys do. But Matt Cardona, uh, Scorpio Sky, and the Natural Nightmares, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall. Uh, Against the Dark Order, Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson. This is another dud, dude. Like, I like, you know what I did like about it was Dustin Rhodes' blue gear and the blue makeup. I thought there was something different for that than the, uh, something very wow. awesome. I love the red, but the blue, there was something really fucking cool looking about it. Well, let's put it this way. He's 21 years late for the blue dust character. <laughs> well, did All you right. actually, did you realize he was using his old, uh, not his old, like 2013 gold dust paint, but it was blue? Actually, I shouldn't even pay attention. I was just yeah. Uh, I was looking, I was looking at the colors like meshing together, like how they look together. That I didn't. The face paint was actually. It was the same design mm-hmm. as like uh, 2014, 13. When he was teaming with Cody, it was the same design but a different color. So that was most likely because the way I look at it, maybe I'm looking too far into this, but Cody's obviously kayfabe injured right now. He's out, so that could have been seen as a nice little tribute to you know their tag team days back when they were tag team champions in WWE. You know what I gotta say about you about that? God, you're a fucking nerd. 
Yes. You pick that up out of nowhere. <laughs> yes. I uh, I pay attention to detail. Yes. <laughs> no, go ahead. You, you seem like you have more to say. Um, it was... Um, as a fan of Goldust, it's cool to see that little Easter egg, if you want to call it that. Okay. So, um, and that promo that Dustin gave after the match was just... That was amazing. Oh, oh my That's God. Amazing. The match itself was mediocre at best. Um, but this was one of the better matches of the night so far. Like, literally. It did get better as time went on, but it just was not pay-per-view level. I no. And, 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 and I don't want to offend the team. I'm not a wrestler, so I don't really have much, you know, uh, say. Or I'm just some guy sitting in front of Skype talking to my buddies. It just seemed like it was local indie wrestling <laughs> going to watch in a high school gym or something like that. Like, it was, like, just maybe, like, a step, like, a level above that. Damn, wake up. <laughs> Uh, but uh, uh, you know what? I mean, anybody else think that Colt and Brody are a very underrated couple, like pairing, odd couple pairing? They have good chemistry when they were arguing. Like they, uh, uh, they can they can act off of one another. I think uh, Brody is pretty fucking amazing, and the fact that he's actually getting to shine after not being able to shine for a number of years. It's pretty fucking awesome, you know, and, and Colt is just, Colt is one of those guys that could just do work with anybody, and it's enjoyable to watch. I'm a huge Colt Cabana fan. I, I like him most of the time. When he's not, uh, when he's taking himself seriously, I like him. Oh, yeah, because you're not a comedy guy. I don't think he really does that much comedy anymore. I think yeah. Even still, if he's doing the comedy, the guy can show off that he is a really good catch-as-catch-can uh, wrestler. I mean, I compare him to, but not equal to... God, you guys are going to fucking kill me for this. Steven Regal. <laughs> but, like, as far as, like, st- as far as style goes. Like I said... Okay. I compare him to I compare him to his style, his flow in the ring, just not equal to. And he even say admit that he was a you know that's like you know he modeled himself as like a Texas kind of wrestler. But you know there's some comedy in there as well. But it's, it seems like over the years it's also lightened up the the comedy. But he but he always is one of those guys that goes out there and looks like he's having fun no matter what. Even if he's Scotty Goldman. Oh God. Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, so, boy. this next match. Jesus fucking Christ. 29 minutes and 40 seconds. A fucking uh, half hour. God. This should have been. This should have been match of the fucking night. Okay? Congratulations to FTR. I love you guys. One of my favorite modern tag teams. For sure. Oh, what the actual fuck was going on? And they kept going and going and going for half a fucking hour. This is went on forever. And I was like, is this over yet? When the fuck is this going to end? This is an example of a match 
that never leaves second gear and still goes 29 minutes. Yeah. You never had that really exciting moment of, oh, when's the pinfall going to come? Like, it felt like almost two separate matches. I don't know if you caught it, like, right in the middle. It felt like it was going to end. And then they started, like, working the leg again. Yeah, they started working. Yes, yes. I know exactly where you're talking about. And I'm just like, 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 did we start a second match? Like, the pacing of this match was awful. Yeah. And why is that? Like, these guys are professionals. I mean, obviously... Yeah. These guys went from anywhere from New Japan to Ring of Honor to fucking WWE, some of these guys. Like, what is going on here? And it took a half an hour. This is a match that could have gone 10 to 15 minutes since, and gotten the point across. I mean, I like I said, I'm a, a sucker for matches that go for a half hour or yeah. an hour. Iron Man matches as long as they're fucking intense. And I think that this is definitely a match that Maybe the crowd should have been there. They should have saved this half hour, 30 minute, 30 minute match for when there was a live crowd to go that fucking long and to deliver what they were trying to deliver tonight. Yeah, I, I fully believe this would have been approved upon by having a crowd that was into it. Absolutely. Uh, this is one of those matches that clearly was hurt by the circumstances. It's not a bad match at all. No, but it's not absolutely not. It's just but, it didn't deliver the way it should have. Um, it it right. did have really good storytelling, though. I will give it that. Between yeah. between Kenny and Hangman, you had that great storytelling, and but the problem is storytelling takes a crowd to absorb that storytelling. Right. It's kind of just awkward when you have storytelling to silence. So this was just it was an awkward match. Maybe they should have mic those those few people that were in the upper levels. They should have put, you know, they should have mic the crowd a little bit. Uh, you get what I'm saying to try to get a little bit better reaction to pick up on camera. Well, the problem is, um, if you remember uh, when Jericho came out, they were all singing his theme music, and that was pretty loud. Yeah. So I feel like they could have. I feel like they turned the mics on for that. So they could have turned the mics on for this. And I think what it's it's ten percent capacity, if I'm correct. Is that what it was? Okay. Something I read. I thought it was something like thirty, but I could be mixing up the story. So I speaking, I feel like it's too quiet for thirty. Speaking of Jericho, he lost to Orange Cassidy in a how do you fucking say Mimosa Mayhem match? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Please fuck yourselves. Like, seriously, this <laughs> yes. was the most ridiculous concept on the face of the earth, and it went 15 fucking minutes just to get dunked in a fucking pile or a, a tank of mimosa. Um, I literally never thought that I'd see Orange Cassidy get as big as, as he is, uh, being an, an indie darling, or however you want to say it, you know. Uh, but the gimmick, I never really expected to get over the way it did, and then now he's—I mean, look at this fucking Chris Jericho put him over. Which has that make him look? That makes him look amazing, and that means that he's fucking set for a very long time. You know, it's gonna, it's gonna make the character. Well, this is the make him as a wrestler. 
this was their third match too, and if I'm yes. correct, this yeah. was two out of three for Cassidy, right? Yeah, I believe so. I believe you're right. So that's a pretty big uh, jump start right there. Not jump start, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like that's huge for Jericho to put you over two out of three. That's huge. Yeah, he must believe in him that uh, Cassidy is going to be something someday. I mean, honestly, I don't think that. Cassidy is going to be on a level with Moxley doing that same character. They're obviously going to have to change his character down the road somehow or alter it somehow. Uh, if if that's what you know, Jericho is setting him up for to be a, a headliner in a major company like this. I mean, in obviously Jericho putting him over is setting him up for that. My opinion. And is it just me or the? Um... For character of pacing, for pacing the character of Orange Cassidy, I feel like they had him talk too much too soon. I, I really know, believe. I don't know because I've been watching him a long time. Long yeah, long, you know, a couple of years. So I'm like, but let's look at the average. He hasn't really done much in AC, in in AEW in order to be talking that much. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's like I didn't see the episode where he had the debate with Jericho, and I saw that skit tonight, and I was like, holy shit, he's talking way too much than he probably should be. So maybe so maybe you're right. But um, when he did talk, it was brilliant. I will say that. It was. Yeah. So uh, I definitely um, – it took. It was kind of a love-hate thing because I'm like, it's too gimmicky, but at the same time, it's kind of a genius gimmick. Mm-hmm. It's so bad that it works in a really good way. So I'm interested in seeing where Orange Cassidy goes from here. I really am. And I never thought I'd say that because I was never a big fan of him. I think Dan knows how I feel about Orange Cassidy or felt at one point. Cause I used to, I used to talk shit about Orange Cassidy because, you know, it was like, I was it's killing the business basically. I mean, that yeah. business is already dead. The kayfabe is already dead, but you, you get what I'm saying. It's like, you don't need, guys like him coming in and then sulking the business just because fucking is dead. I agree. But I think this feud with Jericho is really what got me opening my fucking mind and saying, you know what? This guy's actually not too bad. Once I actually started to see him actually wrestle a little bit more, I mean, don't, don't I saw him in Beyond Wrestling and a couple other indies. I never really thought much of him. I just hated the fucking gimmick. But I think that it was him working with Jericho is that what convinced me finally. And I saw what every other person was speaking of. Daniel, you'd be freaked step down on us. Probably going to piss, but go ahead. Well, you know what? Uh, I mean, despite how much of a big win this was for Orange Cassidy, I also find this as a blow off, kind of a. A conclusion for Jericho to partake in the next feud of putting a new generation superstar over. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, as much as I like Jericho, I feel like he's just dwindled down and not as much taking his career seriously as he was back when he was in WWE or New Japan. I, mm-hmm. I think he finally found like a platform where it's like, okay, I'm finally 50, you know. I'm doing all this stuff with music, you know, um, 
setting up cruise tours and everything, and right, right, right. he's ha- he's having like the most ridiculous rivalries. I mean, if you recall, you know, just a couple months ago, the one with Matt Hardy, you know, he got fucking uh, Matt Hardy's uh drone or whatever and he's all like oh release the hounds and all these oh, fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah like don't get me wrong Jericho's very comical which I don't mind it rest, but I feel like um, comedy should be played more within storytelling rather than inside the ring but I, I feel like Jericho taking the loss here today would be like the conclusion into launching Orange Cassidy onto that next level. You were to hear something else. In the 30 years, almost 30 years I've been watching Jericho, I've never been sold on Jericho. Isn't that crazy? I've never mm-hmm. thought that he was as good as people made him out to be. Um, I remember the first time I ever saw him, my friend showed me a VHS tape. You got to check this guy out. It was him against Benoit from Japan, I believe. I'm like, I don't see it, but I see Benoit. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he knew I was a huge Benoit guy. But it wasn't until like his later years that like, and I still, I mean, I like Jericho. It's just not, he's not, to me, he's not Arn Anderson or Benoit, Bret Hart, Owen Hart. Like, those are my favorite guys. You know what I mean? But I think that Jericho has a good mind. Um, I think his attitude, he's kind of a dick as well. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god! I will you listen to? Do you listen to his podcast? Yeah, I do. Um, um, I listen to it, and he just comes off as arrogant sometimes. While I do enjoy his interviews, uh, especially when he does things that are outside of professional wrestling, or maybe something that's either music related, or uh, he's had uh, what the hell. That guy that did the uh, some sort of supernatural documentary series or something or documentary for Amazon or something. I forgot what his name is. He has like guys like that, like movie filmmakers and shit like that on his show sometimes. Those are interesting episodes. Sometimes it's his he's a good person. He's a per, good person to be doing an interview. He's just um, not very I don't know. He's not very he's not very humble. Yeah, exactly. He's not very humble. Like he definitely thinks who he is. And he pissed me off one day when uh, one of the earlier episodes of uh, AEW when they were in Memphis when people were uh, he insulted Elvis Presley saying the Beatles were better than Elvis. So go fuck yourself, Chris, because that's not true. Elvis is the king of rock and roll. And we all know that's true. Well, so, uh, I'll tell you what, Fozzie is nothing. Wrote, I'll tell you what, Fozzie is nothing but modern generic shit. So. I'll say I that right now. I think everybody knows that, but I mean, the Beatles are fucking probably, they may have sold more records than any band alive, or been band around. They're definitely not uh, the greatest rock and roll band that ever existed. Well, it's like it's like Hogan. He put more asses in seats than anyone, but that doesn't make him the greatest wrestler of all time. That's true. That's true. It, you know what? I mean, I'm, not gonna say that it, I'm not going to say that I don't like the Beatles. I just think they're terribly overrated. They're, they've got abundance of good songs. They're good. They're I, I, not the greatest rock band. You know who's better yeah. than them? You take Sgt. Pepper's. I'm sorry, Dan. You take Sgt. Pepper's compared to the first Pink Floyd album. You'll walk away with the Pink Floyd album thinking it's a better album. 
pre David Gilmore, pre David Gilmore, uh, Piper the Gates on pre David Gilmore, uh, Pink Floyd. Fair Dan's enough. Reaching. So, anyways, Daniel, I'm sorry I cut you off. I just wanted to get my point about across about how much I dislike the Beatles. I agree. Uh, I'm not a big fan of them either. As much as of a conceited asshole, uh, Jericho is. Why are we trying I'll never forget. I'll, I'll never forget the time there was a VHS release for, for WWF, and it was uh, it was a Chris Jericho VHS that came out in 2000, and it never came out on DVD. And while uh-huh. he was doing music, he went under this alter ego named Mongoose McQueen, and basically he was trying to sit there and convince people, "I'm not Chris Jericho. I don't know what you're talking about." But clearly, it was fucking him. But he was going under this alter ego named Mongoose McQueen. Was he yeah, trying geez. to pass as like Steve McQueen's son or something? Like, <laughs> you know, like, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he mentioned something like that. But like, I remember just like watching that VHS tape, and it was just like going over all his rivalries at that time. What the fuck. Um, he, he had Howard Finkel as like number two or number three. Uh, Jericho-holic, like he actually counted the number of his fans and then the whole <laughs> bullshit, I was just like, really? Like, uh, he, he is he's a definitely, he's an interesting character, but like uh, DVD Freak said, he's not very humble. Um, you listen to, to his, uh, what the hell's his name is, his podcast? Talk is Jericho, right? Jericho. Um, the episode where he started talking about his high school bands, that's a fucking hilarious episode. And then the, uh, he, the following week, I think he brings in a tape. He plays a tape of one of his high school bands. It's fucking hilarious. It's like talking about the concept of forming an 80s metal band uh, as teenagers. Uh, it's, it's, it's just fucking hilarious stuff, especially if you grew up in the 80s and uh, got a lot of the references. Uh, one thing I will say about him is... He really does respect the wrestling business. He does. Absolutely. Um, and probably my favorite episode slash interview he ever did was uh, Sandra Tofolini. I think her if I, I don't want to butcher her name, but it's Nancy Benoit's sister. I heard that one. I was. Oh, to my that one. God. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, um, that's a good episode. Yeah. That episode is gold. And you know it what? It came out only a year before she popped up on Dark Side of the Ring. Maybe a year. Uh, it came Maybe out in 2000. It was in 2017 because he did it for the 20th or not the 20th, the 10th anniversary. She must have come on again because she. Wait, how long did you say she came on for the what anniversary? She. Uh, they filmed it in January and then he aired it in June for the 10th anniversary. Okay, she must have been on right before the episode of Dark Side of the Ring, probably. Maybe a year prior, she was on again. And, but I think he knew her because he was friends with Benoit too. So, and uh, but I respected that because he literally yeah. didn't really speak the entire episode. He let her take he over, and I respect yeah. that. You know, he he knows how to do an interview. And he didn't <sighs> try. He just doesn't really judge Benoit either. That's the other thing. Yeah, he gives his he gives his opinion. I mean, that was his buddy, you know. But is is you know, like I said, like he comes off as arrogant. He's not very humble. I do like him. I just don't think he's as great as nearly as great as he thinks he himself is. 
Uh, same thing with Hogan. Same thing with Hogan. You know, Hogan's another guy that thinks he's uh, the greatest on earth and the shit on his thing. But yeah, uh, I probably get... fucking if I walked into any of them in the fucking street, I'd probably fucking mark out. <laughs> I think Jericho's a genius, but mm-hmm. he's not that much of a genius as he thinks he is. He thinks he's the Einstein of wrestling, whereas I'm like, right. no, he definitely he's great with storytelling and psychology. Right. But I would never put him on the top ten list of greatest of all time, and I'm sure he'd put himself at number one. Let's be honest. So uh, maybe top one hundred, maybe he fit somewhere in there. Probably, yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I, in the lower fifty. <laughs> yeah, I, I could, dude. I completely agree. I've met people that say he's the greatest of all time, and I'm like, really? No, he's I great. Do own, I do own a Jericho shirt. Maybe actually two of them, but you know, I don't. And I enjoy his work in Japan. I enjoy his work. Uh, you know, the 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 little bit that he was in uh, Smoky Mountain. Um. Even some WWF, but I don't think he's the top as top tier as he on the tier that he thinks he is. Well, you know what I own? I own the Road is Jericho DVD, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. where where he sat in a limousine for six hours and talked about his career. Jesus Christ! It's not, <laughs> actually, it's not actually it's not actually six hours long, is it? The whole oh no, DVD? sorry, That's, sorry, uh, it's seven hours. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't know. I mean, there's certain guys I'd probably like to sit there and listen to their careers for seven hours. Um, you know, Ric Flair would not be one of them because I've heard his story a million times. Even that fucking... <laughs> even that, like, was it? That, like, eight-disc fucking shoot interview he did with High Spots a number of years ago. You know, he, you know so it's like I've heard his story a million times. Steve-O might be, the guy, might be a guy that I'd want to sit there for. But there's also other guys that I'd like to sit and um, talk with for, for so many hours about wrestling that I can't. You know, one of the people, and I don't, I always bring him up, Guardian of Chaos, Big Daddy. Every time I stand and talk to him, especially talking about wrestling in New England and his career in professional wrestling and the history in New England, it's a fucking I mean, amazing conversation because I just love the history, especially of our area. Uh, of professional wrestling. Um, the, uh, the person that I had brought up to you that I wanted to have on, he's the exact same way. Once you get in a conversation with him, he just has some oh, of the yeah, greatest, yeah. he has some of the greatest stories. And like, he knows so much about it. He, he, he worked at a time when it was the best time to be in the Indies. And it's just like, I could sit there for hours. Like, there was one time I was getting a tattoo done. My girlfriend was doing a tattoo for me, which I actually got two new tattoos today. But that's besides the fact. Um, She was literally doing, like, a tattoo for, like, two hours. And he was just sitting there telling me wrestling stories the whole time. And it was just fucking awesome. I could sit there forever and talk wrestling. Honestly, yesterday I met Tommy Rich, and I only got to speak to him for, like, you know, a couple minutes. I probably had a million questions in my head, but once I stepped up to him and shook his hand, I probably just, I forgot everything that I ever wanted to say to the guy. I, uh, about the, I should have asked him about the time he sat under the, under the fucking ring in Memphis drinking beer for an entire show to interfere and attack Lawler in the main event. But I well, you, you should have also asked him why he chose Coors Light out of any other beer, but well, I know. have a hatred for Coors Light, guys. Well, 
I'm going to tell you one thing that I got to say. And, I, and I'm usually pretty nice to you, but you can go fuck yourself. Because I'll drink that on a hot summer day any day. <laughs> well, right now. Smooth and easy. My right life. now, I'm drinking a Miller Genuine Draft. Is it really genuine? That's the question. Probably not, but <laughs> it's good. So I'll take it. You know, we've talked about four or five different subjects, uh, including saying our uh, dislike for Jericho. Uh and then our love for Jericho at the same time. Um, God, we are some we are some dicks. Um, but we got off track and have not even discussed the main event: John Moxley and MJF. Um, God, these two could fucking work. But I think this could have been so much better fucking yeah. match. I liked it a whole hell of a lot. And you know, my favorite part was that fucking. MJF bladed and he was just gushing blood for quite a while. And then later in the match, when he started to clear up after they started swapping headbutts, he started gushing more blood again. Mm-hmm. It was um this is a match that I think would have really went over really well had it been a packed arena. I, I really honestly think that. As was most of the matches this evening. I love how there were MJF signs all around the arena too. I I loved his new gear that that were geared towards the uh, MJF twenty twenty gear. The, uh, uh, I think it's it was awesome, dude. Yeah. My oh, you question. Mean, you mean his Apollo Creed uh, gear that he had going on? The American flag. He's running uh, the president. Whatever the, the political like uh, <laughs> IT stuff. Yep. Do you? Awesome. Uh, do you think it was the right decision to have Moxley retain tonight? That's my question for you guys. You yeah. Know, Clear. Of course you. Of course you do, you <laughs> fucking Mark. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. Um. You know, is MJF ready to be that guy? I think the guy's got all the talents in the world, and I think he's the greatest heel in professional wrestling. Yep. In years, and he's the most legit, and the guy lives it outside of professional wrestling, you know, uh, where he's going to autograph signings or whatever. He plays the character. He's always in character. Yep. Uh, I think he's a great... So he is keeping kayfabe alive. Uh, shit. I would have liked to have seen him win the title. I really would have. I mean, you know, it's just... And I think he's going to get there. I definitely think it's definitely going to come. But it's like, against Moxley, I don't know. I I, I can't answer that. I, I, it would have been really, I think it, if it if he defeated Moxley, it would have bumped him up on a whole other fucking level. Uh, you know, Moxley's been to the top in the biggest company in the world on a couple of different occasions. You know what I mean? So, uh Defeating somebody like Moxley, that probably would have boosted him up quite a bit. Well, there's a pay-per-view in November now that's confirmed. So yeah, they, they might be waiting. They might be waiting for November. You think they They didn't announce that match, did they? they no. No, but no, they also no. had two months to build it, right? Yeah, they announced, I think it's Full Gear, I think. Um, which I almost went to that last year. I regret not going. It was literally 45 minutes away from me. I should have went. But 
Yeah, I think it's full gear in November. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, November is obviously election month, if I'm correct. I'm not political, so you guys can yeah, answer that. You are, yeah, you're correct. So, uh, that could be a good time. They might be waiting to put the belt on him for that, just to just just to add to it. Right. I think that the guy's definitely the future world champion. I'm gonna tell oh, you for that. sure. Yeah, I think he's definitely the face. I mean, I don't ever see him turning baby face. I think his character is perfect the way he is. Uh, okay. So I you know, what? just lighten it up too much. I'll be right Here's back. Here's my question. Okay. Right. Yep. Here's my question: If we're having an election month within the next couple of months. You think they're going to have some stupid match stipulation where it's like, okay, if MJF can't win the belt fairly, they're going to have this type of stipulation where it's like, all right, everybody vote on who do you want to have as the new AEW world champion. Oh, and- God. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> no. We, I, I ha- never know nowadays. We had a bad night. Please don't further it. <laughs> oh, man. But... Yeah, this dude, he is the future. Seriously. He is one of those guys you can put the belt on him for years and he will work as a heel. 100%. That's so, a good That's a good response. Okay. I think that that is absolutely true. I, I like uh, longer title reigns personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, 100%. You're right. And as much as I appreciate Moxley holding the title belt this long. I think it's. Uh, I think his time's coming. I think he needs to drop it soon. I really do. Like I, I like John Moxley, but I just think it's. I think it's his time to drop it. Like he, I don't think he really has much more to bring to the table. Honestly, do you think that Moxley needs the title? As no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He really doesn't. You think he's, he's done. He's accomplished too much outside of his company that he doesn't really need. Do you think the AEW gave him the belt because I think a name a named wrestler? I think Moxley at this point, given his reputation and everything, he's an attraction. Whereas MJF, I feel like he could bring legitimacy to the title. You think Moxley's an attraction to modern fans? Yes. Not people like us, but to modern fans, yes. Because you have to look at it. He left that's WWE. That, yeah, that's interesting. Like, do you think he's like, uh, like you said, he left WWE. Do you think he's like the big former WWE guy that is headlining indies type guy? Not that he is, but type guy. You get what I'm saying here? Yeah. I completely think he will be popular without the title. <clears throat> Whereas MJF. I feel like, like I said, he could bring legitimacy to the AEW title. Not the third. I think AEW needs it because I mean, look at the first champion. Yeah. Jared. So and I would Mox. love. So I would basically, love... right off the bat, right off the bat, right there, there's two former WWE guys right away. There's no, there's no homegrown talent or, you know, talent from elsewhere. It's all WWE. It's so far been two WWE guys. So I say, give it to MJF. For fucking two years, and then have him drop it to the next big baby face. You think MJF should handle it like uh, Flair did? Yeah. Go back and forth. You think yeah. the future, say, 16 time world champion? 
No, I wouldn't say 16 times. But <laughs> no. I think I, I will. The thing about Ric Flair is he's, he's Ric a 16-time world champion, but he also lost it how many times? Like, Oh, he's not necessarily even a 16-time world champion. It's more than that. But... It, it, yeah, it is because he lost it to what's – now, <clears throat> he lost it to what's his name in uh, Dominican Republic. Effort, I can't jack something. Yeah. Uh, uh, in, which is the NWA does not credit that as well because of, he just decided to lose the belt on his own because he didn't think he'd walk out alive out of the arena. <laughs> so there's so many stories like that, you know, or random little changes that have happened else. Like, yeah. So, anyways. But, um,. Uh, my question to you is, let's say MJF holds a title for a long period of time. Do you think we have that baby face now that he's going to drop it to? Or do you think it's somebody way in the future that we don't even know about right now? <clears throat> you think if he wins a title, he'll drop it to... Actually, shit, no, I'm thinking about it. Who the fuck will he defeat in AEW? I mean, Cody Adam Page... go for the title, correct? I told you. I well, if, I, I would If they actually stick with that bullshit. I wouldn't want him as champion. And I respect Cody a lot, but come on. You can't yeah. suck your own dick. Like... I think Cody has sucked it quite a bit on, on uh, AEW television. Uh, <laughs> you know, he really has. I mean, especially... Yeah. Look at all the bullshit that he's done, but... You know... The thing is that he doesn't even, you know, admit his own faults. I think he... He's a product of his environment. I mean, I love Big Dusty wearing mm-hmm. Dusty shirt, but you know, he's a product of his father. Like he, you know, Dusty booked himself to be whatever he was, and Cody's doing the same exact thing. Yeah, if you look at it that way. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah, I mean, I. I... I don't think Cody should ever be the world champion in AEW. I thought the TNT title. I thought the TNT title should have actually gone on longer with him. Um, I, I was surprised that it actually. That yeah. Dropping it to be honest with you, I thought that was gonna go on longer. It seemed like it, it was because because he kept uh, random indie talent kept popping up and that he was facing. I was like, oh, then it ended up being a Brody Lee. You know, so I think. Going back to, excuse me, what you were saying about uh, who would be the good baby face to take it off, uh, MJF. I think Adam Page is a good choice. That's who I, I was going to say, yeah. I thought that he would, I thought he was going to beat uh, Jericho. I thought he was going to be the first champion because I was just like, yeah. The first pay-per-view where they won that battle royal, I said, Jericho's, the, one of the first things I said, I said about it was, Jericho's going to do the right thing and make this kid a star and he's going to walk away with the title and it didn't end up happening. And, <laughs> and I just remember saying you fucking cocksucker, like, you arrogant, <laughs> you arrogant cocksucker. Like when I saw, when I saw him uh, be the first champion, I was like, I can't believe you fucking did that shit. But at the same time, you know, I think that you said, I love AEW, but that's one of the downfalls. It's uh, a little bit too much control for certain people. Well, let's look at it this way. Let's say 20 years from now, AEW obviously has a history at that point. Who can they say their inaugural champion was? Chris Jericho. So, in the long run, it'll help them. But 
short term, it didn't do too much. Um, I right. I wanted Paige to win, but I'm like, they're not going to have him win yet. There's no way. Right. Jericho Jericho was going to win to bring legitimacy. Wow, I can't talk. Legitimacy <laughs> to the title. <laughs> Jesus, right. fuck. But uh, there's two sides of the argument. There's, yeah. do you put it on... Yeah, do you put it on someone that's already legitimate, or do you put it on somebody that's up and coming? So there's literally two sides of that argument. I want to go back a minute about the first hour of the show. Legendary WCW talent Bob Cook. I grabbed this uh, uh, quote from his uh, Facebook page. It was the match I said I watched first was a Matt Hardy Sammy Guevara. The match between Matt Hardy and that Sammy Guevara goof was beyond embarrassing proof once again that no matter how long you've been in the business, if you're willing to be a clown, then you should just join the goddamn circus. Ooh, that's Bob's got some of the Bob's got some of the greatest quotes. Uh, yeah, he watches. Uh, you know, he was not very well known. Um, he's trained by. Great Malenko, or and then he, uh, you know, he he, uh, he worked with uh, Dean and, and his brother Joe, and worked in the Florida Territory before coming to WCW and being enhancement talent. I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he follows professional wrestling today, WWE, AEW, everything, and he really like. But his him going and talking on Facebook just about professionals and posting about it. The guy keeps up really well, and he really knows what the fuck he's talking about. And this quote, I take very seriously. You know, I think it's it's very accurate. You know, I, I know um, the past few days it's kind of been in the headlines that Matt Hardy was pissed that Vince McMahon wanted to make him basically a road agent and a producer, and mm-hmm. that they didn't believe in him as an in ring performer. And I was like, you know what? As much as I respect the Hardys. Because of his that, age, you think? Like, he's getting up there and the Vince can't do anything with him anymore? Like, basically, is that what you think? I think at this point, Matt Hardy brings more to the table as a wrestling mind than someone that's in the ring. Right. So, right. like, what, what else is he going to bring to AEW? Let's be honest. What is he actually going to draw? Nothing. Right. No one's going to buy a ticket or buy a pay-per-view because Matt Hardy. I hate saying that, but it's 2020, I, guys. Like, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, you know, it, it makes sense. He's at that point in his career. He can just, but, you know, there's obviously some love for the business that he wants to be an active wrestler still. Of course, yeah. But, that's the same. Like, that happens with some guys. Sometimes it's more money being the active wrestler than being that agent because, I mean, look at Ric Flair. Wrestler Cody was like, what, fucking 60-something years old? Because he had no choice. He had no choice but to because of past bills and all that other shit. But I don't think money's much of an issue for Matt Hardy. And it's one of those things where it's like you see... the business that much that he just like wants to continue to be an active talent. It's, it's like... Um... It's like a TV show that runs way too long. A TV show should always end in its prime. Yeah. And you don't want to see a TV show 
there's only one example I can think of, Breaking Bad. One of my favorite shows. That ended on top. And I think Matt Hardy is starting to become a joke. He needs to end it while you can. Before you tarnish your legacy. There's always plenty of guys out there that do that. Do that. Tarnish their legacy. Working in, working in what, decades, you know what I mean? Well, it's like, how many times has Terry Funk fucking retired? Like 75, I think, to be exact. Um, <sighs> is it really that many? No, I have no idea. I just made that okay. up. Out of <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. like, you should always, like, if but you retire. had a million retirement matches. That's the other thing. Terry Funk, but you know he was old back when I was watching him in the eighties. You know he was what yeah. fifty in the eighties, forty something in the eighties, something like that. End your career while you're still remembered is legitimate. You don't want to become a joke. You don't. Yeah. It's just it's sad because, like I said, I like Matt Hardy. He's a, he's very intelligent. Yeah. Um. He's he knows what he's doing, but I mm-hmm. think if he goes on too much longer, he's just going to become a puppet, as opposed yeah. to that great wrestling mind that a lot of people think of him as. Daniel, you've been awfully quiet for the last, I don't know, entire show. Um, do you have anything to offer? I mean, the way I put it, I mean, when it comes to legitimacy for the AEW world title, I mean, I'm not saying that MJF, MJF doesn't deserve it, but I feel like there's a lot more pro- Progression into his character that we haven't seen yet, and yep. I think something that we're probably going to have to witness till October, November, until the next pay per view. Right. Um, another thing, I mean, I have no problem with seeing Moxley holding the title, but uh-huh. let's put it this way: yes, he doesn't need the title to, you know, be legitimate. You know, need legitimacy as like a top big talent because. Right. And he got released last year, you know, I was at the first independent show that he was booked for, for NEW. Everybody right. bought tickets because Moxley was there. He was the hottest free agent at that time. Yeah. Yep. You know, people weren't buying tickets because it was like, oh shit, he's going to be in a title match. No, he was going up against Darby Allen. It's like, right. that, I mean, pretty much says it right there. I mean, and then, you know, New Japan started to uh, utilize him and they were like all right you know let's give you the treatment that wwe never gave you he was the last guy to hold the wwe championship so what does that tell you out of all members of the shield um the way i look at it is would cm punk be nearly as popular as he is today if he wouldn't have left on his own terms that's the way i look at um john moxley he left on his own terms he quit he rebelled Right. So that's why he will always be that stigma, that he will always be that attraction as the guy who left at the time when the WWE product was garbage. Right. So well, that's why that's why I say he doesn't need the title. Right. Well, I only say it this way because whether Punk would have received the WWE Championship or not, I mean, he did leave an impact when he cut that pipe bomb. I mean, nobody's really done promos like that before. I, I mean, we, we've gotten a few hints and a few, like, off-script moments, maybe during, like, the Attitude Era and, you know, just people speaking their minds. 
But when it came to, you know, CM Punk actually just sitting down in front of the crowd and, you know, you know, just basically uh, disowning the boss and basically just living up to the facts like, oh, you know, it's going to be controlled by your daughter and your idiotic, stupid son-in-law. I mean, who's the idiot idiot out of the two? Let's be serious. uh, 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 To be exact, it's the douchebag son-in-law. Douchebag son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it's all built off of frustrations. And, I mean, if you're not expressing your frustrations, I mean, you're only going to be as locked in as a TV dinner. I mean, let's just put it that way. That's a JR reference, right? That sounds like a JR simile. <laughs> That's the second time TV dinners have come up tonight. I think I'm going to go make something. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I am hungry. Um, and with the whole and with the whole Matt Hardy thing, the way I see it, he really doesn't have nothing much to. He doesn't have anything to prove. You he know, him just doing these matches are just Matt Hardy being Matt Hardy. I mean, I also, this was the lifestyle that, that he grew up. In. I mean, back I in also, the day, uh, you know, he did like the trampoline wrestling federation. He basically founded his own organization before being trained properly. So taking bumps like this is probably nothing to him. But obviously I also think that his career it's nearing the end. Like he's coming in there to do certain things, to work with certain younger people before he just finally retires and does something else in the wrestling business. Hoping, you know, does whatever. Gentlemen. Uh, I mean, like I said, I don't think he has much to bring. He's, it's like Jeff in WWE. Like, what's he doing right now? Isn't he like an Intercontinental uh, champ? Is he champion right yeah. now? Uh, that's a good question. I know he was. Uh, you know, I gotta tell you, say one thing. I'm gonna make a statement. Somebody messaged me today, and actually, they called me on the telephone. First off, if you're listening. Nobody better ever fucking call me at 8.30 in the morning, all right? I'm still sleeping, especially on a Saturday or a fucking Sunday, because I wake up every fucking morning. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Do not ever call me just to ask me if I've watched SmackDown last night or if I've watched Raw last night. Who the fuck did that? We'll talk off here. But they have another podcast. I'm going to tell you something. I've said this on my show. It's obvious that they don't fucking listen to this show. Because I've stated, how many times have I said to the both of you and JJ that I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown in fucking months? Right? That's better than me. Well, I can't. I can't bring myself to it. Every time I attempt it, within a half hour, maybe I'll get an hour into it. But I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yep. Don't ask me. And then they just, and you know what they wanted to fucking talk about? It was a fucking Sasha Banks face turn. I was like, she, this is what you're fucking calling me for? She turned face? Or something like that. I, okay. I, that's what, that it, it doesn't make like, much sense, but all right. WWE doesn't, WWE doesn't make sense. And neither no. Neither no. does this fucking phone call. And the fact that they called and they said, oh, it was a great episode. First off, you're probably on crack if you think it was a great episode. They're cocksucker if you thought it was a great episode. And you, need to, you need to start drinking more because 
I can't stand the product. It's the most obnoxious. And the worst part about it is they got the greatest fucking talent of the world. Yeah. Everybody that's hired for them, they don't hire. All right, never mind. I shouldn't say that. I wasn't going to say they don't hire scrubs, but we know how that goes. But they, the majority of the talent they have is just the best talent goes there. Okay. But I'm not going to fucking sit there and watch it because somebody does not know how to fucking write a script or some 75-year-old fucking lunatic wants to change it 10 minutes before they start fucking taping or before they fucking go live and just change something that has potential to be the greatest fucking thing on earth be bullshit. I don't watch it. Stop fucking asking. I get this shit at least two or three times a week. Being, um... Being a YouTuber, I completely understand. I have people ask me all the time, what did you think of Raw? What did you think of SmackDown? I told, I tell them, I haven't watched Raw and SmackDown consistently since 2010. There is no reason for me to watch it. I'm sorry to cut you off, Bruce, but like we said back in was it August or fucking July, we're not going to say anything positive about the product. We're not going bring to fucking bring it here to the show. Go ahead. And... And, like, I had someone ask me the other day, a very respected subscriber, I will say that. He asked me why I haven't been reviewing the pay-per-views, and I told him straight up. Because I have nothing good to say. And I'm tired of people... I don't care what people think about me. But it's gotten to the point now where I'm tired of people saying I'm just negative. When I'm just being honest about the product. Right. Because... You can't win. The, The IWC does that. You know what I mean? The yeah. internet. People yeah. do that. It's like you're just giving your fucking opinion. But then they're going to call you. If you say, you know, if you give uh, WWE a negative review, they're going to say, oh, you're a mark for AEW. You give AEW a fucking terrible review like tonight, guarantee we're going to be called WWE marks. Guess what? I'm a fucking NWA mark. All right? I'm yeah. A, no bones about it. <laughs> but you get what it's I'm saying? It's like, because you're saying something that they don't like. Let's just put it that exactly. way. Exactly. But they're going to call you a fucking mark if you don't like it. And yep. if you don't like what they're like or if they see you saying, if you fucking, it, WWE can put on one of the best shows. It's been fucking very long time since they put on a really fucking good show. The fact that SummerSlam was, uh, what is that? I can't even read. Oh, that's a shit show. But it's a fucking literal horror show. It's not just in there. Freak, 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 freak. Don't pull a a porter, okay? Oh, boy. Oh, God. Damn it. Now we got to add it again. No, we don't. Um, So, anyways. (laughs) I almost... I almost... WWE sucks right now. I mean, they could... Don't get me wrong. For a while, the only thing I was watching was NXT and 205 Live, okay? Oh, God. Because I couldn't... Shut up. So, 205, it might not have been the best, but it was better than fucking SmackDown Raw. Okay? Yeah, yeah. It might not have had any developing storylines, but there was a chance you can get two to three pretty decent fucking Cruiserweight style matches. I don't even know. Is that still even a, a thing, 205 Live? I don't know. Well, it's not live, I can tell you that. But did, I know they, when I went to. I went to SmackDown 1000. That's the last WWE show I went to, just because I wanted to see Evolution live and Edge and stuff, and The Undertaker. But they taped 205 before the show, so they were no longer live. I cannot confirm if 205 actually exists anymore. 
At this oh, point, yeah. though, it's been it's been ever since the pandemic because they started doing like a reruns. Well, uh, the th- not reruns, well, but they would take like a particular two hundred five superstar and be like, "Oh, I'm showing you my most fame, my most important match that influenced me in the past," and then they show like Hogan and Andre on two hundred five live or some bullshit. Well, the, well, the <laughs> cruiserweight. Well, the cruiserweight title is on NXT right now, correct? They changed yeah. it. They changed it. So why the cruiserweight title to the NXT to cruiserweight title without oh. just like one day just showing up? I think it was a Tony <sighs> that was the champion at the time, or was it Leo Rush? I don't remember. Uh, fucking one of those assholes. But um, hey, why? Uh, why have two hundred five live when you don't have a title for that show? So. <sighs> You, you, that's a very valid point. That's a very valid point. So I don't know if two hundred five live. It's like main event and superstars. Do those still exist? I think main event does. Superstars. Event I couldn't. Does, I think it's a Hulu exclusive. So I don't Hulu. Know Fuck I, Hulu. I used to have it, and it's funny because my wife was like, "Do we still have Hulu?" I'm like, "I don't fucking know. I never use a shit after we signed up for it." So I don't yeah. Know like I didn't even know. So, anyways, gentlemen. Um, I'm about ready to wrap it up. You, you, you guys got anything uh, intelligent that you want to add to the evening? I think I'm good. I'm going to take that as a no. Okay. Um, <laughs> especially with the look on this, Dan's face. This it's, night was very, I'm very disappointing. It was a very disappointing show. Yeah, I was but looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm hoping that Wednesday will be a better show. Or is it Tuesday or Wednesday this week? I don't know. They've been changing it up the last couple of weeks because of... Um, uh, whatever the playoffs or some bullshit. Let, let, let's just put it this way, Rick. My silence is all because I had nothing good about, nothing good to say about the show. Let's just put it that way. So my question is this: We had another recent terrible pay per view by another company. It was considered a horror show. Which was the worst show? Which was the better show? Which was? Do you think that was the worst show? Do you think this was better than the horror show? Well, I, let's put it I, this way. I mean, better than fucking eyeballs. Let's put it that way. And <laughs> swamp fucking matches. I mean, everything about this pay-per-view wasn't bad. But, I mean, right. there could have been some points in this match where it could have been better. Like, the whole yeah, syringe absolutely. thing in the beginning. Like, okay, that was just too demographic. Like, how the fuck did you get away with that bullshit? Yeah. And the, the thing with like, Extreme Rules, Extreme Rules was just like, you know, going, going off of going off of ideas that AEW already built off of. Yeah. Eye for an eye, like obviously you're already copying off of somebody. Okay, there is a key difference between these two shows. Yeah, Extreme Rules was made to fail. This one wasn't. <laughs> I was just being a dick when I asked for the comparisons, but you know, yeah, I think that you're right. Uh, it was made to fail. They were just like, we're in a shitty fucking time. I don't know how to fucking book this show. Let's just do it. Like and they booked it. They booked it to fail. Whereas this pay per view had yeah. a good card. So what the fuck happened? Crowd. What happened? Between the crowd, uh, matches going a little too long. Stuff like that. Storytelling. I, I think I just think that for it was too early to do a live show. And the fact, the fact is that they were charging fifty dollars for this fucking pay per view. Was it fifty? You know, 
It was fifty dollars. Yes. I thought it was I, I thirty. Oh my god! No, some I, it might have been forty on a uh, fight, but I think it was. Oh, do, do they do TV? Do they do cable pay per view still? Uh, I know they were. Uh, AEW was, but I think that I don't know if they went exclusively to fight or not. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, I haven't. I don't know, but it was like thirty. It was fifty from what I heard, and I was just like, "That's too much to pay for a pay per view." I have not like, and it's like this pay per view was not worth. I mean, I would have paid twenty, maybe thirty dollars for this. Uh, it really even like I probably still would have been left, like left scratching my head. I'd rather yeah. pay the twenty bucks to see fucking Tommy Rich drink some Coors Light and eat a Philly cheesesteak. Oh man, go. don't say cheesesteak, man. I'm so hungry. I could go for a cheesesteak. That's where I'm starting the show. <laughs> Gentlemen, <clears throat> give out your social media so that people could try to find you if they care, like your ugly faces. Go ahead, Dan. You, you can find me on Facebook. You already know the name, so don't forget it. You can find me on Instagram at D underscore BNC 187. And, of course, you can find me on YouTube and Twitter at DanTheBeast94. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, especially if you're watching my channel and you're not subscribed what the fuck are you doing Uh-oh. hit that button we had a vulgarity this time well <laughs> dan's getting aggressive <laughs> he's getting sick this of your what, shit this is what bad pay-per-views do to people <laughs> like, uh, yeah uh dvd freak on youtube instagram the period dvd freak because somebody stole my name and I won't say who it was because last time it got edited out. So that wasn't your fault because I just screamed out a random fucking name I shouldn't have. So yeah, and then Twitter, the DVD freak. I'm not big on social media, so yeah, YouTube. Just watch my shit. That's all I ask. Go to the Rick Del Santo on Instagram and Twitter, and please subscribe to the Pro Wrestling Zone podcast on. You know, that streaming streaming channel thing. YouTube, that's it. Um, and you'll find lots of content. Uh, it's been a slow week, but we're going to be uploading much, much more. Uh, yeah, a lot of micro, good stuff coming up. Yeah, micro content. I think this week we had... Oh, this week is going to be a fucking amazing week. Tomorrow we are covering... Oh, it's September. We're covering Clash of the Champions, and we've got a number of them picked up. Uh, we're going chronological order. You two scrubs probably haven't watched yours yet. Neither have I. But I'm going to be home all day tomorrow. So, Clash of the Champions 5, gentlemen. No JJ tomorrow. He's off again uh, as well. He's uh, quite the schedule because of the holiday and all that business. So, thank you everybody for tuning in. We've got a huge week coming up. So, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Share it to all your friends and enemies and all that shit. People you hate. We love you. Bye-bye, everybody. Why is it not?